And we have another word of the Lord. It comes to us from the Gospel according to Mark. I'm reading the last few verses or the last number of verses from the 13th chapter. We listen for God's word. In those days, after that suffering, the sun will be darkened, the moon will not give its light, and the stars will be falling from heaven, and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory, and then he will send out the angels and gather his elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of heaven. From the fig tree learn its lesson. As soon as its branches become tender and put forth forth its leaves, you know that summer is near. So also when you see these things taking place, you know that he is near at the very gates. Truly, I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all these things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But about that day or hour, no one knows, neither the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. Beware, keep alert, for you do not know when the time will come. It's like a man going on a journey when he leaves home and puts his slaves in charge, each with his work, and commands the doorkeeper to be on watch. Therefore, keep awake, for you do not know when the master of the house will come, in the evening or in the midnight or at cockcrow or at dawn, or else he may find you asleep when he comes suddenly. And what I say to you, I say to all, keep awake. The word of the Lord. We may be thinking, all of us, about uh, the recent Thanksgiving holiday, but today, as you've heard, is the first Sunday of Advent, the beginning of the church's liturgical year, and the first Sunday of Advent has us thinking about the end of the world. We may be all reeling from Thanksgiving trips or too much time with family or Black Friday shopping, maybe, or an abundance of turkey or the big game in the commonwealth or some other game. But our lectionary text has us thinking about, focused on, geared toward the end of the world, the apocalypse. We may be frustrated by the resignation of the super committee who's thrown in the towel and not making any recommendations about our federal deficit. We may be worried about our national economy or the volatility of world markets. But the gospel today focuses on how we live in light of the apocalypse, how we live in light of the coming end of the world. For those across the world church who read the lectionary, those passages that are assigned to the church for suggested readings, the first words... For the new church year, the first Sunday of Advent, always take us to the end of the world, the apocalypse. Our text today begins in those days, in after that suffering, the sun will be darkened, and the moon will not give its light, and the stars will be falling from heaven, and the powers of the heavens will be shaken, and then we will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with great power and glory. And then he will send out his angels and he'll gather his elect from the four winds. And about that day, no one knows. 
only the Father. So keep awake. That's what I say to everyone. Keep awake, Jesus says. And he's not just talking about through this sermon. Keep awake in your living as disciples. Now, as Presbyterians, we don't talk too much about the apocalypse or the second coming of Jesus, the Son of Man. We don't usually focus on the sun darkening or the moon losing its light, and we don't usually talk about the stars falling. We don't usually talk about the Son of Man emerging in the clouds on that final day, calling the elect to himself. Seriously? Maybe those apocalyptic visions don't speak to us too well. The sun darkening, the stars falling, the moon losing its light, the Son of Man in the clouds. You know, we don't usually read the Bible literally, so those images become seemingly less significant. And all of these biblical images that we just heard again and again today are Difficult to imagine for many of us. So we prefer to focus on God's love for our lives. We prefer to focus on Jesus' teachings about how we're to live in these days. We prefer to focus on uh, various other things so we can give our energy to God's work in the world. We like the stories of God coming among God's people, not so much about the second coming. We're inclined toward the stories of Jesus walking the dusty roads of Galilee and we imagine Jesus walking alongside of us and helping people and healing people and spreading the kingdom. That's what we prefer, it seems. Crazy images of darkness, crazy images of no light from the moon, crazy images of clouds and the Son of Man appearing. We're not sure what to do about that. It's just a, maybe a little too weird. So we... Leave it aside most of the time. Except, except on the first Sunday of Advent. Every first Sunday of Advent, these are the text. We have first words about last things. And actually, this apocalyptic literature is quite prominent all through Scripture. It is. Indeed, there are some among us who are urging that we give this apocalyptic literature more attention especially for our complicated lives, our crazy modern era with all of our perplexities and problems. We ought to give this apocalyptic literature more attention. One of those voices urging the church to pay more attention to apocalyptic literature is our own Brian Blunt, president of Union Presbyterian Seminary, sitting in our midst today. Brian recently gave the famous Lyman Beecher lectures at Yale Divinity School on this very kind of literature and how they speak to this kind of literature speaks to the church. Brian argues that the church needs to recapture the vision, recapture the urgency of the apocalyptic perspective that's found in the New Testament. Our culture, Brian says, has adopted to a kind of secular apocalypticism which has no hope Think about the number of movies. Think about the number of TV shows that you might have seen or that you might have seen uh, advertised or heard about. The end of the world. The end of the world kind of genre that's all around. I'm not one to enjoy these movies too much, but I am well aware that this genre, the end time catastrophe, the great end of the world battles, 
the virus that threatens to destroy human civilization, the destruction of civilization as we know it, this kind of genre is seemingly very popular among us. Theaters and on TV, they, they are all about cities collapsing, about zombies walking around. They're about confusion and chaos at the end of the world. We seem long obsessed with this kind of genre, this kind of end of the world story. And none of these graphic depictions include God. They're just about the end. Without God, where is the hope? The church, on the other hand, as opposed to culture, especially the mainline church, as I've indicated, has ironically gone the other way from apocalyptic literature, gravitated toward kind of a non-apocalyptic faith, which has no urgency, which has even decreasing passion, perhaps, and power. Non-apocalyptic faith may keep us working in the present. Non-apocalyptic faith may keep us pursuing acts of love and mercy wherever we find ourselves, but can, it can also dissuade us, according to Brian, from the vigor that's truly needed from God's people in this day, in this time. Non-apocalyptic faith can focus on improving things now, but miss the need or even miss the hope that God is going to drastically intervene. And you know what? We tend to lose sight of the fact of how evil evil is, how serious evil is, and how God's intervening is really what is needed. The world's evil and mess involve cosmic powers of evil. They demand God's powerful intervention and redeeming love and justice. In our non-apocalyptic faith, we may actually wonder if and when God will, if ever, dramatically intervene. And so hence our passion may fade, our vigor fades, our urgency is easily lost. So Brian and others are urging a more faithful attention to apocalyptic texts like this one, and then we'll live with more faithful lives. These texts, like this one in Mark on this first Sunday of Advent, remind us that this is God's world, folks. This is God's world. Ours is not a world that's going to end in cosmic battles, really. Ours is not a world that will end with a big bang. Ours is not a world where monsters or viruses or zombies take over. No, ours is a world that belongs to God. This is the essence of this text today and others. Just as God created the world and called it good, ours is a world that ends with God. Our world ends, as depicted here in Mark, with God coming coming in Jesus Christ, the Son of Man, and with God setting things right, with God establishing justice, bringing redemption, with God putting things proper. The world may be in a mess. We have wars raging. We got economic issues all around, confusion in so many places, and many of us carry discouragement and worries about loved ones and death. It's real. This is our world, but as Christians, we believe that God's power is also always at work and 
We believe that God will never let us go. And we believe that God holds the last word. The last word. We believe God will be involved in the last things. And that changes everything. In fact, we're called to stay awake. We're called to stay engaged. We're called to stay attuned and living with and for God, living in love, living in anticipation of God's redeeming justice and hope and transforming way. Brian Blunt even began his lectures at Yale this way. Resurrection, resurrection is a weapon, God's weapon. See, the stakes are life and death. The issues are urgent. Evil is real. Evil is threatening. God's enemies are vicious. But God has invaded. Invaded in Jesus and God's power in and through Jesus is for life. And we as disciples of Jesus are to be caught up in this invasion for life and live with passion and live with commitment for God's establishment of justice and reign in fullness. So we have work to do. All of us. We have to stay awake. As Jesus says in our passage, we have to stay engaged and live and serve with vigor as God's people. We're to live as signs. We're to live as instruments. We're to live as agents of hope and life and peace and joy and justice. This world belongs to God. God made it. God will redeem it. God has defeated evil and death and heartache and destruction through the resurrection of Jesus. There will come a time when all is defeated. There will come a time when all is redeemed. In the meantime, we live with vigor, with passion, engaged. We live focused, working to make more prominent the light, the love, the joy of God that will certainly come and bring fullness in God's time. Keep awake, says Jesus. Last week, Ginger and I were coming back from a trip in South Carolina, and we'd been driving up through North Carolina, and we came to the border of Virginia, and we thought, let's go to the visitor station and take a break. I was thinking it was time to change drivers, and there's that visitor center right at the border as you come into Virginia. You probably have been there. When we turned off at the exit into the Welcome Center, we saw a couple posing, and they were taking a picture of themselves in front of the Welcome to Virginia sign. Maybe the couple had been away for a very long time, and they were finally back to their state. Maybe this couple lives far away from Virginia, and this was their first visit to our fine state. Maybe it was a picture for their scrapbook because they're going around in their retirement and they're going to every single state and they want a record of it. I don't know. Maybe it was just a break like it was for us from the monotony of driving on the interstates and a way for them to stretch their legs so they took a picture in front of the Welcome to Virginia sign. Who knows? But this got me thinking. Is a picture at the Welcome Center the same as a visit to the Commonwealth of Virginia? Is a memory or a photo standing in that spot equal to an experience of the people and the places and the persona of the Commonwealth of Virginia? If you go to the visitor center, is it really actually a visit to Virginia? 
So you know the answer to that. Of course it's not. The visitor center wants to welcome us. The visitor center wants to give us a bunch of maps and brochures and introduce us to all the state has to offer and try to orient us to all the opportunities and possibilities in the fine state of Virginia. And then this got me thinking. Perhaps too often we view the church more like a visitor center. We stop in for a break from the monotony of our lives. We look for some respite from the pressures that we all carry around. We pop in. We might even join. We come with regularity. We donate. We participate. That's all good. But similar to the way the visitor center seeks to launch us into engagement in the state of Virginia, the church seeks to launch us into engagement as God's people in the world. In this church, into the city, into the commonwealth, into the world. That's the intention. More than that, apocalyptic faith, faith that looks toward the final coming of God, even the end of the world with the Son of Man coming in clouds, that kind of faith that seeks to engage us deeply in the fervency of life as God's people for God's purpose, that's what the church wants to be about, needs to be about. We cannot just be visitors. We're called to be engaged in the kingdom work that promotes God's justice and God's light everywhere. This is the essence of Jesus' mandate to keep awake. You don't know the time or the place. Keep awake. We cannot just be observers or get our picture taken by the sun or get our picture in the pictorial directory. We're called to work. Work for God, work for God's purposes, work for God's intentions in this city, in this commonwealth, in this world that's so challenged today. We're called to an invasive faith that responds to God's invasive presence, spreading hope and joy and justice everywhere. That's our calling. Jesus says, you don't know the time, you don't know when it's going to happen. Only the Father knows that. Keep awake, live with urgency. Live with passion for God's purposes. Keep awake. Keep passion about God and the world because God prevails in the world. That's the promise. These first words on the first Sunday of Advent remind us about last things so that we can live well with urgency, with vigor, with passion through Advent and all the way to the apocalypse. This is how we're called to live, trusting in God, serving God with passion and vigor and fervency, doing God's work. That's what God asks of us. May we respond with our lives today and forever following Christ our Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Let us pray. We believe, O oh God, help our unbelief and increase our passion for your great ends. For we seek to follow Christ our Lord. Amen.